Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we're getting out the scrapbooks and sweeping out the dusty corners of our minds as we take a walk down memory lane. There are loads of benefits from reminiscing in a positive way. Notice I said reminiscing and not ruminating. There is a difference. Conjuring up sweet memories by rereading journal entries and organizing old photographs can help you remember the details, and with those details come the happy memories. The emotions you felt as you remember the sparkle in your eye, the fuzzy flitter in your heart, or the way your face hurt from smiling so much. Bam, you're transported to your happy place. This is a real experience you store in your brain and are able to recall to overcome fear, lift your mood, or quiet anxiety. Let's explore the benefits of a walk down memory lane and how you can journey there often. Ready to lace up your sneakers and zip up your parka? I have a pretty good memory. My brother says I have the memory like an elephant, which was always puzzling to me. How do they know how good an elephant's memory is? Okay, side note fact check. Elephants are known for their amazing memory, which helps them find water during droughts, sites of plentiful food and avoid dangerous places and recognize other elephants they may not have seen for years. This information is important to their survival. Scientists think that their memory skills are due to their large brain size and to the way their brains are structured. Of all land mammals, they have the largest part of the brain that plays a key role in high brain functions. Along with memory, these functions include the ability to pay attention and understand what they see and hear. They also have more of the part of the brain that's involved in sensing their surroundings, forming complex thoughts, and even language skills. An MRI study in 2005 showed that elephants have a larger percentage of their brain dedicated to memory functions than even people do. This part takes up 0.7% of the brain in elephants and only 0.5% in humans. At any rate, I remember many details from my childhood. Not crazy early memories like some claim, but a good amount of specific detail when telling stories from my past. With that said, your hard drive or brain drive only has so much space. The further away from the memories I get, the weaker the details. That's sad to me. At one point in my life, those events and subsequent memories were everything. I've tried to be diligent about capturing memories. I took pictures when my kiddos were little, and when we had a video camera, took some videos, which all have to be converted now. I started journal after journal with no real consistency. I have a few scrapbooks created when people still printed pics, and now I have timeline entries on Facebook. I've moved around a lot over my life, so unfortunately, things are shoved here and there, and I'm sure at one point made it into the box in the infamous garage. Let's gain some newfound motivation here by finding out first, how do we benefit from replaying happy memories in our minds? Then, what can we do to make this a more conscious effort? I'm sure we'll stumble upon even more ideas along the way. 
Markham Hyde shares the power of positive memories found at NewYorkTimes.com. Remembering happy times may offer protection from mental health. When the going gets tough, the tough gets nostalgic. That's the take-home lesson from a recent state of research papers that suggests recalling happy times may be an effective bulwark against stress and depression. For a 2017 study in the journal Nature Human Behavior, people were observed by an expressionless white coat scientist while attempting to keep a hand submerged in ice water, an ordeal that reliably and understandably produced stress. Immediately afterward, the people were instructed to recall either happy memories or neutral memories, all of which they'd come up with ahead of time in preparation for the study. While levels of the stress hormone cortisol rose steadily following the unsettling ice water experience among the people who recalled neutral memories, cortisol levels barely budged among those asked to recall happier times. The research team repeated the experiments in a second group, only this time they conducted brain scans during the memory recall portion of the experiment. They found that several areas of the brain's prefrontal cortex, areas involved in emotion regulation and cognitive control, became more active when people recalled positive memories. Acute stress lessens our ability to use cognitive emotional regulation and often triggers periods of anxiety and depression. But thinking about happier times seems to interrupt this cascade of negative thoughts and feelings. This study's findings dovetail with new research linking depression to hampered ability to recall positive memories. In 2019, at the University of Cambridge in England, they found the ability to remember pleasant events in detail is associated with lower cortisol levels and fewer negative self-appraisals in young people at risk for depression during early stress in life. We were interested in resilience or why certain people don't develop depressive symptoms after stressful life events. This comes from Adrian Osklin, the first author of the study who is now a doctoral student in clinical psychology at the University of Oslo in Norway. We found that those who recalled more specific positive events from their past had better mental health after major stressors. Osklin says a specific memory, as opposed to a general one, is a memory that can be fixed in time and place and that recalls an event that lasts less than a day. For example, recalling a fun meal out with friends is a specific memory. Depressed individuals tend to recall categorical memories, which are general memories that are not fixed in time and place and lack defining characteristics. Memories of happy experiences, especially ones that involve social interaction, seem to benefit people because they reshape how we see ourselves for the better. Going back 30 years, researchers have recognized that people with depression are more likely to recall negative memories as opposed to positive ones. There's also evidence that people with depression may remember unhappy times as even worse than they actually were. All this lends support to a popular theory of depression known as the competitive memory theory, which holds that every person has access to both positive and negative thoughts and self-representations, but that people with depression tend to gravitate toward the negative ones. 
Over time, the activation of these negative mental pathways strengthens them. Meanwhile, positive mental pathways grow weaker as they lie dormant. Based on this competitive memory theory, some researchers have explored whether positive memory training can help protect people who are at high risk for depression. A 2018 study from a group of UK researchers found that training people to recall happy memories led to significant drops in depression scores. The people in the study first learned to identify their negative self-appraisals, such as thoughts of worthlessness. Next, they recalled specific occasions when they demonstrated worth or when their behavior otherwise refuted their negative self-talk. Over time, reliving these positive memories seemed to reduce the brain's tendency to fire up its negative thought pathways. Osklin says people undergoing cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, for depression are often taught techniques designed to counteract negative self-related thoughts. Recalling specific positive memories seems to be a skill that can be trained. The idea that people can train the brain to think in ways that counteract stress and depression is supported by research on gratitude. Multiple studies have found that taking time each day or week to think about things in life for which one is grateful can improve mental health outcomes and well-being. Whether stemming from our own internal thoughts or the daily news headlines, we're exposed to a constant drip of negativity. This comes from Robert Emmons, a gratitude researcher and professor of psychology at the University of California, Davis. Recalling happy memories and creating new ones through positive experiences can fuel feelings of gratitude and turn off the spigot of negativity. His views are backed up by research and how people spend time and money. We know from a large body of research that people derive more happiness from experiential purchases like travel, meals out, concerts, than they do from clothing or electronic goods or material possessions. Says Amit Kumar, an assistant professor of marketing and psychology at the University of Texas of Austin. Kumar says memories of novel and happy experiences, especially ones that involve social interaction, seem to benefit people because they reshape how we see ourselves for the better. Experiences live on in our memories and in the stories we tell ourselves and other people. Recalling positive experiences also naturally kindles feelings of gratitude. All this research suggests that a happy, mentally healthy brain is one that regularly recalls moments that inspire positivity and feelings of gratitude. Especially during times of stress or sadness, redirecting one's thoughts to better times or memories or gratifying experiences may prove to be a powerful safeguard against anxiety and depression. One of the steps I've mentioned before, but shouldn't go without saying, is preparation. It is very difficult to conjure up a happy memory when you're in the throes of anxiety or depression. By then, the clouds have moved over the sun, and finding your happy place can seem like a mirage. Never fear. Prepare. Take some time while in a calm and even state to look for a path to memory lane. Get a piece of paper or record yourself talking about a specific memory. 
I would recommend looking for and documenting at least three memories. Here is the key. Be specific. Today, reading The Day I Went to the Beach might help you actually remember, but on a cloudy day of depression, those words will do little to shine a light on the happy memory. Add detail and color. For example, it was late May when I was 22. After a crazy month of meetings, deadlines, disappointments, and a few wins, I put in for a long weekend. I loaded up the car, found a hotel room on the beach, and set out for Seaside Beach, Florida. The closer I got, the warmer the weather, and I rolled down my windows to let the sea salt carry me away. I practically ran to the beach the minute I pulled in kicking off my shoes and rolling up my jeans. The sand was soft, powdery white, and quickly went from warm to cool as I reached the water's edge. Swoosh! The ocean welcomed me to my weekend oasis. <sighs> you can see what I mean about detail and color. Instantly, you'll be transported back to that time and place when cares were minimal. Now, how to make that a practice? Marie Claire gives us some ideas on how to make happy memories last forever and boost your well-being. It's happened to the best of us. Those moments when a laptop freezes or a phone dies and we feel a wave of panic as our brain scrambles to remember when we last backed up and which memories have we lost. From photos of life's big moments to lists of the books we've read, the films we've seen, we're increasingly reliant on technology to keep our happiest memories safe. So-called cognitive offloading, outsourcing our need to remember things to the internet, is changing the way our brains store information and eroding our ability to recall them for ourselves. But being able to make and recall happy memories is crucial to our overall well-being and is the subject of a new book by Meek Wiking, a researcher at the Happiness Research Institute. The Art of Making Memories aims to boost the number of experiences we can turn into happy memories and crucially teach us how to remember them. Happy memories form the cornerstone of our identity and can help with combating depression and loneliness. They influence our happiness in the current moment as well as providing a framework for our hopes and dreams about the future. Nostalgia makes us happy, increasing self-esteem and strengthening social connectedness so the more vividly we remember the good times, the happier we are overall. When it comes to memory, Researchers have identified a reminiscent bump, the years in early adulthood that we remember most vividly, the decades in which we tend to experience the most first, first kiss, first job, first home, are the most memorable. By comparison, when we enter the daily grind in our 30s and 40s, memories tend to blur together. Finding ways we can continue to achieve new experiences is a good strategy for making memories that will last for decades. But that doesn't have to mean spending a fortune on exotic travel or ditching your job. Stepping out of your comfort zone, even if this just means trying new foods that you've never eaten before, can help you make a memory harder to forget. If an experience is emotional, it sticks in our mind, whether it's good or bad. 
Doing something that scares us is like using an emotional highlighter pen. When making a decision, ask yourself, what will I remember in 10 years' time? On holiday, you might like to read a book, but going on a jet ski for the first time will actually be more memorable. Even though you won't always want to choose that option, it is important to involve your future self in that decision. Being mindful is like turning up the volume of an experience and helps embed it into your memory. Staying present in each moment also helps solidify memories. You could be in that most amazing place in the world, but if your mind is still back in the office or going over an argument you had with a spouse, you won't be fully present. This comes from Deborah Smith, positive psychologist and author of Grow Your Own Happiness. We live in two modes, the narrative and the experiential. When we're locked in the narrative mode, a dialogue is going on in our head, or you're giving yourself a hard time. It stops you from being in the moment, no matter how good it might be, which creates a lot of anxiety. The more you can bring yourself back to the moment, into the experiential mood, the better. Try to be aware of your environment, really seeing, hearing, and feeling it so that all your senses are awake and alive. Being mindful is like turning up the volume of the experience, and this helps embed it in your memory. If you've ever heard a song or encountered a familiar fragrance and been whisked straight back into another time and place, you'll know how potent your senses are when it comes to evoking memories and harnessing this potency can help cement them. The artist Andy Warhol changed the scent he wore every three months, then never wore it again. He knew that whenever he smelled it, he'd been taken back to the specific period of time. And while Warhol's way of embedding memories might be a little extravagant, we can apply the same principle in our own lives. Research shows that when people with dementia are played particular songs, it can help to trigger their memory. This explains Smith. You can try it yourself. Put on a track you loved when you were 16, and you'll suddenly remember what you were doing or who you were hanging out with. Making a playlist for special moments or linking them to a particular smell can help us recall them in a more vivid detail later on. Even listening to a particular album on your commute and switching it up every couple of months can help you recall different periods of time more clearly. Of course, most of us use visual cues to remember happy times. But Smith warns, there's a balance to be struck between capturing memories and ruining the moment. Research has shown that our memory of an event is actually stronger if we haven't taken a lot of photos. If you're taking hundreds of pictures of the sunset, you're not really seeing it. Isn't that the truth? I remember being in Austin. I don't know if you've heard about it, but they have thousands of bats that live under a bridge. It's such a spectacle. And you can go out. People actually bring their drinks and their blankets. They put them out on the hill if you're not up on the actual bridge. And they wait for that moment right at sunset when it starts to get dark. That's when the bats come out. Well... I wanted to capture that for everyone to see. So I got my camera, perched it up on the side of the bridge, holding on to it super tight so it doesn't fall in, 
30 minutes late, later with white knuckles, being frustrated. The sun goes down, the bats come out, and you couldn't see anything in the video. So I missed that moment. Wiking advises setting up an Instagram or Facebook account for photos that might seem boring to other people, but will work as memory triggers for you. What we choose to post on social media is partly influenced by what other people will think. But the photos that will be meaningful for us get edited out. Once you've got in the habit of savoring your happy moments, they'll become easier to remember. It's not just the big occasions we should be committing to memory. Celebrate all your victories, no matter how big or small. If you're striving for something, commemorate each goalpost along the way. There are so many lovely moments in life we think don't count, but if you pay attention to every one, they can. Here are five quick tricks for making joyful memories stick. Don't just see, observe. Selective attention means the brain filters out anything it thinks isn't relevant. By concentrating on the details of a moment, you're more likely to remember it. Practice switching from the narrative to the experiential. Remove distractions. Our senses are continually bombarded, so to keep your mind focused on the present, it helps to remove other distractions. Put your phone away and notice the difference it makes. Share stories. Repeating anecdotes strengthen the muscle of memory. Talking about a happy time of the week month or year after the event will solidify it. It's also a great way of helping kids form strong childhood memories. Enjoy the journey. As well as remembering hedonic pleasures, think back to how you felt when you strived for a long-term goal or went through a period of personal growth. So-called eudaimonic pleasure adds meaning to our lives. End experiences with a bang. The peak-end effect means we remember the peak and the end of an experience above everything else. So if you weave a special moment into the last part of an event, you'll create a more positive memory overall. I recently visited with a friend of mine who is 92. We met when I was speaking to an Alzheimer's support group. She was there with her husband who at the time was struggling with cognitive decline. Come to find out, they knew my father and or our paths had crossed multiple times over my childhood. She attended my senior group for a while, but then health issues with her husband forced her to stay home. Since then, we've kept in touch through email. I was hoping to visit in person, but then the pandemic happened and social distancing plus additional health concerns kept us apart. Until recently. We had a chance to visit in her home over some hot tea. I was transported immediately into her memories by all her wonderful treasures that she had saved. Art, books, pictures, letters, and keepsakes. She had met her husband when she was 30. An immigrant from Germany, she had only been in the States for six months. They fell in love, and he asked her to marry him within two weeks of meeting. They married less than three months later and were married for over 60 years before he passed. What a beautiful love story she has with precious mementos she can share us today to help her remember all the many details. I'm inspired by her story and her approach. 
Her house is not cluttered with unnecessary things, but on the contrary, each piece has such a special story and attachment. It made me think back over my own life and what I did and did not document. Can I really trust myself to remember the undocumented for the rest of my life? My father had Parkinson's and dementia and spent the last four years of his life in a nursing home. His first roommate, Dave, who at the time was 98, told me I wish I would have written more things down so that I could easily recall those memories today. Wow, think about that for a moment. Writing these memories down isn't just about leaving a legacy for someone else to read, but for you to read and recall when you need a healthy walk down memory lane. My experience with my father and his cognitive decline, plus my commitment to preparation, has led me to invoke new challenges in my life in an attempt to give my brain the same attention I should give my body. Exercise, love, and good nutrition. But even if you're not a senior, you can work on boosting your brain activity today. I did find some tips, though. These are basically for seniors, but all the way up. And you may be, it may be close to your heart, something you're struggling with, or you could have a family member. So either way, great. Do you wonder if it's possible to improve your own or another senior's memory? Help definitely exists. And you don't have to buy some overhyped miracle brain booster to start enhancing your ability to remember things. In fact, Many of the most effective ways to gain a better memory involves actions that you can take today without spending a lot of money. Of course, it's natural to worry about the kind of memory decline associated with Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia that require memory care. But did you know that according to an article in the BMJ, only about 1 in 10 people over the age of 65 develop mild cognitive impairment, which can sometimes mimic some very mild dementia. It's true, and only around 15% of those people develop Alzheimer's. So our fears and expectations are often exaggerated. In a Pew Research Center survey, about 57% of younger adults between the ages of 18 and 64 said that they expect to have memory loss during their senior years. However, only about 25% of older adults over the age of 65 said they actually experience memory loss. That's a big gap. Nevertheless, everybody wants to retain their memory. After all, memories form a major part of who we are. When we lose them, we feel like we lose pieces of ourselves. Plus, having a good memory serves all kinds of practical functions in our daily lives. Every single day, your memory helps you accomplish both basic and complex tasks. So it's vital to keep your brain as healthy and fit as possible. Older adults who take proactive steps to prevent memory loss are often more adaptable, independent, and satisfied during their senior years. That's because the human brain has an amazing ability to change, collect new information, create new neural connections, and store important information in its long-term memory. So you can teach an old dog new tricks. By developing good habits and seeking out new learning opportunities, you can also improve or maintain your short-term memory, your working memory. 
Plus, the field of neuroscience is still relatively young. With each passing year, scientists are discovering things about the human brain that we never knew before. In the future, we may be able to retrieve lost memories and improve our cognitive abilities with brain implants or target electrical stimulation. Genetic research may also lead to preventative therapies or targeted treatments that stop or reverse memory loss. In the meantime, here are some of the best tips for maintaining or improving your memory. Number one, use the method of loci or other practical tricks. Ever heard of a memory palace? It's a place you build yourself in your own mind, but it's based on a place that you can actually walk through in the real world. Often referred to as the method of loci, this mnemonic technique goes back at least as far as the ancient Greeks. According to Lynn Kelly, author of The Mastery Code, it may even predate ancient Greece by thousands of years. Along with myth, song, rituals, and dances, it's possible that many of the world's oldest and most mysterious monuments were created in order to serve as memory aids. Helping preliterate civilizations easily recall vast stores of critical knowledge. Today, so-called memory athletes use the method of loce and other mnemonic techniques to train for competitions that require the memorization of huge lists of words or long sentences of cards or numbers. But you can use a technique to memorize anything that's important to you. Here's how it works. First, you choose a physical place that's very familiar to you, like your house, a local walking path, or a route you regularly drive. Then, you visualize that place in your mind, creating a precise mental journey based on distinct objects and landmarks. You'll creatively associate each piece of information you want to remember with a particular object or landmark. That's part of your mental journey or memory palace. As a very basic example, let's say you want to remember a three-item grocery list consisting of shoelaces, salsa, and strawberry yogurt based on a memory palace of your house. You might imagine walking up to your front door, wiping your shoes on the welcome mat, and noticing that your laces are untied and on fire. Entering your kitchen, going and opening the refrigerator door, and watching a pair of miniature Latin lovers dance the salsa. Hmm. Or going to your bathroom and witnessing your best friend bathe in a tub of pink yogurt. When you're at the store, you'll simply take the same mental journey, beginning at your front door. For many people, it helps to visualize bizarre and outlandish scenarios, like I just said. Let your imagination run wild. The more you practice this technique, the easier it will become. Plus, according to an article in Neuron, Training your memory in this way may have long-lasting cognitive benefits. In addition to visualization, many seniors have success with other easy and practical memory-enhancing methods. So here are some examples. Chunking. When trying to memorize a long sequence of numbers or a long list of words or items, break them down into smaller groupings, just as you would a phone number, you know, with the hyphens or a social security number. In some cases, it also helps to group items by category, bundling them into easier-to-manage chunks of information. Acrostics and acronyms. 
Create a short poem out of a word or sequence of letters that you need to remember. For instance, when learning how to classically tune the six strings of a guitar, E, A, D, G, B, and E, many people are taught to remember the acrostic. Every apple does go bad eventually. Acronyms serve a similar purpose. For example, geography students are often taught to use the acronym HOMES in order to remember the five Great Lakes, Huron, Ontario, Michigan, Erie, and Superior. Planning and organization. Keep a notebook or daily planner handy that has a calendar and plenty of space for writing down your various activities and appointments. At the beginning of each week, create a list of things you'll be doing in the days ahead. Then, each day, make detailed to-do lists. It's also helpful to review everything at the end of each day, writing down your thoughts about the various experiences and conversations you had. Your planner or notebook is also a good place to keep important information, like birthdays, phone numbers, and anything else you may need to know on an ongoing basis. If you're comfortable with technology, a smartphone or tablet can serve as your planner. Talking out loud. Just like writing stuff down helps your brain put information into long-term memory, so does talking about it. So for example, if you want to remember something you're reading, try saying it out loud. If you want to avoid forgetting why you entered a certain room, tell yourself where you're going and why. While you're on the way. Or to remember more complex information, try explaining it to someone else. Varied repetition. When learning new information and trying to retain it for later use, it's helpful to review it in multiple times, over time, in different ways. For instance, one day you might take notes about something. A couple of days later, you might read your notes out loud. Then a day or so after that, you might paraphrase what you've learned while talking to someone else. Cues and reminders. Give yourself visual or auditory prompts to help you remember the things you need to do. From post-it notes to alarms, it's easy to set up simple reminders. Just make sure you place them in the areas where you're most likely to see or hear them. Also, do your best to leave important objects in prominent locations that are related to the tasks you have to do. Hey mom, put your keys in your purse all the time. <laughs> Doodling. Did you know that drawing absentmindedly may actually be good for your powers of attention and recall? According to an article in Applied Cognitive Psychology, whether you're listening to someone talk or learning something new, making doodles may help your brain stay alert, connect various pieces of information, and retain that information for later use. Number two, get your health checked. Many kinds of medical conditions can cause or contribute to memory loss. So it's always wise to see your doctor if you notice any cognitive issues that don't seem to be going away on their own. Of course, most of us immediately think of Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia as possible culprits. But forgetfulness can also be caused by conditions like depression, thyroid problems, hormone imbalances, heart disease, stroke, vitamin B deficiency, tuberculosis. HIV infection, syphilis, blood clots, brain tumors. In addition, many types of medication can interfere with memory. For example, some seniors experience forgetfulness when taking muscle relaxants, 
anti-anxiety medication, antidepressants, sleep aids, post-surgical pain medication, allergy or even cold medication. Simply put, your physical health and mental well-being are closely linked. That's why it's important to get screened for possible medical problems and ensure that you receive proper treatment for them. Also, make a commitment to lose weight if you're obese and seek help to overcome any poor habits that can lead to health problems and memory loss, like smoking, alcohol abuse, or drug addiction. Number three, keep challenging yourself. Mental stimulation is vital, but in order to improve your memory, you need to do more than what you're already doing. You need to keep learning new things. The more you challenge your brain, the more you can potentially enhance your memory. That's why so-called brain training games and exercises often have only a narrow or short-lived impact. They may challenge you a little in the beginning, but as soon as you get the hang of them, your brain is no longer learning. An ongoing challenge is what allows many seniors to maintain or enhance their overall memory. Their brains benefit greatly from learning, shaking things up, and pushing boundaries. So find hobbies or activities that keep you challenged and mentally engaged is essential. But in order to stick with them, you also need to feel joy when you do them and have a clear path for building upon what you learn as your skills become more advanced. For example, a lot of older adults benefit from learning things like a new language, maybe doing a genealogy research, playing a new musical instrument, cooking a gourmet meal, or identifying various species of plants or birds. The point is to move beyond your comfort zone and try things that are completely new to you. The more you do, the greater chances of preventing memory decline and boosting your powers of recall. Don't worry about failing at any particular activity. The benefits are gained from the act of challenging yourself, not from achieving someone else's idea of success. Do things at your own pace so that you're satisfied and motivated to keep learning. Number four, improve your sleep habits. Quality nights of sleep are essential for the consolidation of our memories. So if you're having trouble remembering things, you may not be getting enough good sleep. Of course, many people have difficulty getting to sleep or staying asleep for a full night. But that doesn't mean those sleep problems are normal. In order to avoid sleep-related memory decline, you may need to prioritize good nights of rest and change some of your habits. Here are some things to try. Make your bedroom darker, quieter, cooler, less cluttered, and more comfortable. Dim the lights at least an hour before bedtime. Stick to a consistent sleep schedule. Wake up and go to bed at the same time every day. Adjust your bedtime schedule to align with when you actually feel sleepy. Reduce and eliminate your consumption of caffeine, especially in the afternoons. Avoid drinking alcohol in the few hours leading up to bedtime. Turn off the TV, computer, or any backlit screen-based electronic an hour or more before bedtime. Go outside or enjoy a sunlit room during the day to get at least a couple hours of sunshine. Wear earplugs or sleep in a separate room from someone that has a snoring problem. (laughs) Number five, change your mindset about aging. 
How do you feel about getting older? Do you ever buy into the false notion that everyone loses their marbles as they age? Even if you don't consciously believe such incorrect stereotypes, your subconscious may still be receiving harmful and outdated messages about what it means to get old. That can lead to an underlying sense of anxiety about your future and contribute to memory problems. But you have the power to shift that narrative. Tell yourself every day that you are a capable and thriving human being. Pay less attention to the number of years you've been alive and more attention to what you still want to learn and experience. If you can believe you can do something, you'll stand a better chance of achieving it. That includes boosting your memory. Number six, remove distractions and sources of stress. Mental strain and emotional tension can act as major barriers to the creation and retrieval of memories. That's especially true if you're chronically distracted or stressed out. After all, your brain can only process so much information at one time. When your cognitive load is bigger than your brain's ability to handle it, you can't learn or consolidate new knowledge as effectively. So if you want to prevent memory loss and enjoy better powers of recall, you need to do whatever you can to minimize stress and distraction. For example, do just one thing at a time instead of multitasking. Opt for a slower pace if you've been mindlessly rushing from one activity to the next. Pay close attention to each new piece of information you want to remember for at least 10 seconds. Let people know how you feel instead of keeping your emotions hidden. Meditate and take frequent breaks, especially if your days are filled with nearly constant activity. Learn how to say no. Limit the amount of time you spend online since the internet is full of distractions and may wire your brain to constantly crave new diversions. share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they are not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, before stress, anxiety, or depression bring you down, prepare for a guided walk down memory lane to easily transport yourself into a happier time and space. Consider journaling, adding details and emotions to cherish yourself before leaving your legacy to others. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. Somewhere through until the path was clear. That's when I found you. How I